Well, hello, Pastor Matt here. Just want to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in to this message. We here at New Life Baptist Church hope that in making these resources available to the public, that we'll help to edify the body of Christ at large, and that you personally will increase in your knowledge of God, leading to a deeper love for Him. self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal the grace of being able to see and understand what it is in, in your word that you intend for us to take away tonight, Lord. I don't have a special word for anybody. All we have is the inerrant, infallible word of God, and that is plenty for us. But Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to enlighten us and to illuminate the eyes of our heart that we may understand, not just intellectually, but deeply within the heart of our hearts, Father. I pray that we would leave here tonight being both encouraged and challenged on to greater works. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You be seated. So there is so much going on in our world today. Our nation is waiting to find out who the next president is going to be, and, and this is absolutely a lot is riding on this. The results of this election are going to be really telling of where we are as a nation, morally, spiritually. John Calvin, I believe it was, said that whenever God intends to judge a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. Let's keep that in mind as we move forward during the rest of these election results. Our city experiencing a huge spike in COVID cases. I mean, it's something like hundreds of cases per day now. We're seeing more people die off and a lot of, we know friends and family, people in this church who have contracted the virus. A lot of nerves, a lot of fear, much uncertainty surrounds this situation. And then there's our church. I mean, we all know what's going on seen the exit of some crucial members, some people who played a big part here, who undoubtedly held special places in all of our hearts. Yet a fourth, more personal layer to consider 
is whatever is going on in your own life. The cares of your family, your job, paying the bills, etc., etc., etc. So there is a lot going on right now that can easily feel like it is too much of a weight and too much of a burden. But what are we to do with all of this? Believing that God is sovereign, what are we to make of the situations that we're facing? How do we process all of this seemingly insurmountable bad news? How can any of us avoid falling into depression or anxiety or bitterness or frustration or anger? I believe this passage is going to really speak to the situation that we're in. It's a familiar verse, but let's look at it with fresh eyes. Paul opens up, if you'll flip over to chapter 1. Paul opens up in verse 3, saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Back over to chapter 4. They were so utterly burdened that they thought they were going to die. That's what Paul is saying. You know, there's the old saying that you grew up hearing, God gives his best battles to his toughest soldiers, or God never gives you more than you can handle. Well, here's Paul saying, uh-uh, God gave us way more than we could handle. We thought we were going to die. But Paul said it was for a very specific purpose that this happened. See, so many times when we're in the middle of suffering or affliction or turmoil or trouble, it just seems meaningless. Like, what could possibly of this, God? Why are you doing it this way? Isn't there an easier way to, to manage my life, Lord? Like, do you have to put me through all of these tests and trials and afflictions? Despite all that Paul and his ministry companions have gone through and that they're continuing to go through, we see him say here in verse 16, chapter 4, verse 8. He was speaking of, of the afflictions that they had and they're still enduring. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, 
persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. There's a glimmer of hope in what Paul is saying. We are afflicted in every way, he says. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed. But we're not driven to despair. And then in verse 16, he says, so we do not lose heart. That word so could is often translated, therefore, we do not lose heart. How can this be? To lose heart here, the word that we translate means to be disheartened, to be or become discouraged, or to lose spirit. So despite all that is going on, despite the shipwrecks, the persecution, the hunger, the poverty, the imprisonment, the ridicule, the scorn, the beatings, etc., 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 they still, because of all those things, they still do not find themselves disheartened, discouraged, or losing spirit. how many of you in here, you have a bad day and it's real easy to get disheartened. It's real easy to find yourself discouraged. It's real easy to lose spirit, to lose motivation. One bad thing goes wrong and man, never mind. Why do I even try? Shouldn't even try this guy. But what Paul is writing is we don't let that happen. We don't become discouraged. We don't become driven to despair. We don't become disheartened. Why? He acknowledges that the outer man is wasting away. Look at verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our outer self is wasting away. Has anybody ever seen a locust? Anyone? Okay. A couple of locusts. You've seen them. I remember being a kid. I used to love in the summer. This is so weird. I just used to love finding the locust shell of their body found stuck to the tree. It was so interesting. I was just like, how does this happen? How does this locust just shed this thing, this exoskeleton, and it sticks to the tree, and it's still there, and then we would crush them, and Jonathan would eat them. Um, Just kidding. But this is what Paul is talking about, is that our outer self, our our body, this, this exoskeleton, It's wasting away, day by day, the effects of the fall of the sinful world are are having an impact on our body. We get sick. We get old. Our eyesight goes bad. Our elbows start to creep. Our back starts to hurt when we bend over. It's harder to get out of bed in the morning, etc., and so on and so on. And these are all effects of of our body decaying. It's it's going out. It's not good anymore. It's it's wearing 
It's, it's finishing its course. And this is how it's supposed to be. Because the body that we're in, as it is, is not what we were intended to be in forever. It is affected by sin every single day, and therefore it is wasting away. Look at COVID. People who get COVID really are feeling the impact of that, aren't they? This body is wasting away. What good is this body anymore? People who get pneumonia or any kind of sickness, they understand this very well. This body is wasting away. This word means to decompose, to undergo the physical process of breaking down and wearing out, whether by becoming older and less healthy or rotting after death. This is what Paul is saying is happening to our outer self, this body that is marred by sin, by the effects of sin, is wasting away as you grow in age. But our inner man, day by day, is being renewed. This word renewed means to be renewed to a state, to be or become reestablished in a like, new, or often improved manner. Our inner man, there is a work happening on the inside of us that is causing us to become reestablished in a like new or often improved manner. What does that mean? You're getting better on the inside. The outside, this body that is afflicted and goes through trials and tribulations is wasting away, but the inner man, your spirit is being renewed every single day. It's getting stronger as time goes by. Your body will pass away. It will perish. It will one day end up in the grave and it will decompose and you, your body will no longer be, but your spirit will continue on forever. As days go by, your, your spirit experiences renewing by the Spirit of God. But what does he mean here? You all have heard the passage from Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31, that the youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. That's the old man, the outer man passing away. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The first thing meant by the renewal of this inner man is waiting on the Lord. We're waiting on the Lord. And this will become clear as we continue on through this verse. But we'll keep pressing on. The second thing that's meant, Romans 12, 2, you know this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3.10, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I believe what's being said here is that the way that your spirit, your inner man is being renewed is by waiting upon the Lord as he comes and strengthens you. And as you 
way, you are growing in the knowledge of God. You are being renewed according to the will of God as you come to know the will of God. As you come to know the Lord in His Word. This strengthens you. This is inner strength. The strength to keep going. The strength to not quit. The strength to not be defeated or have a defeated mindset. Your Holy Spirit given and granted strength affords you the opportunity to continue on despite what is happening around you. This process of sanctification is taking place within you. And it is restoring and reestablishing you to a like new condition in your spirit. You will not be perfect in this lifetime, but you are being perfected. God uses every ounce of affliction to bring forth Christ-likeness in His children. God uses every ounce of affliction to bring forth Christ-likeness in His children. As we are renewed, it helps us to see that all that we are going through is not only right, but it is also momentary. It's light, meaning that it's much smaller than we perceive it to be. It's momentary, which means it's not going to last as long as we think it's going to. Every last second, every tear shed, every broken prayer before the Lord, every thought of, I don't know how I could possibly keep this pace up. I don't know how much more I can take. Every single aspect of your suffering is used for an eternal benefit. Never thought of hard times like that. But when you fall upon hard times, you complain, you gripe, you complain, you get a bad attitude, and you get bitter, and you get angry, and you're frustrated. Let's learn from Paul who says, though we are afflicted in every way, we do not lose heart. Why? Because it doesn't matter what happens to this body. I know that the inner man is being renewed day by day. I am becoming more like Jesus as I patiently endure every manner of affliction. Everything. Whether it's people making fun of you, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's this contentious presidential election, whether it's not being able to find a job, whatever it is, check this out. The definition for the word affliction, the Greek word that's being used here means distress. It's an oppressive state of physical, mental, social, or economic adversity. That is a wide understand what Paul went through, and we compare ourselves, we compare our afflictions, don't we? Well, yeah, but I don't go through the things that Paul went through, so that doesn't really apply to me. Well, I've never been imprisoned for the gospel, so that doesn't really apply to me.
more economic or physical or mental. What are some of the afflictions you face in this lifetime? Anxiety about social stigmas, people casting you out of their social circles, about people not wanting to be your friend, people speaking poorly of you. What about having a hard time finding a job? What about not being able to stay healthy? What about battling with depression? My favorite preacher of all time is Charles Spurgeon. We just named our puppy after him. Charles Spurgeon battled with depression his whole life. Charles Spurgeon is known as the Prince of Preachers. He started his own seminary, though he never went to seminary. Get that. scripture would describe as both life and ruin. What we're going through right now in this city with the rising COVID cases, this passage would describe them as both life and momentary. What we're going through as a church right now, Paul would say this affliction is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and letting us know tonight that it is both light and momentary. How can you possibly say that? That is extremely insensitive. No, no, no. Let's keep reading. For this Is, a, is an adjective or a description that you use that you're being e uh, intentionally excessive and it's not meant to be taken seriously. Like whenever you say, uh, you got a lot of money in the bank and you say, man, I have a kajillion dollars. Well, you don't have a kajillion dollars. There's no such thing. You're using hyperbole. But you're not meant to be taken seriously in that but here, Paul is meaning to be taken seriously here. He's saying that what is coming for us in the next lifetime is so much better than what's happening here on this earth that by comparison, it makes 
your suffering look light and momentary. In other words, it was a blip. It was nothing. It was a feather. It was just a moment of time that when you are in eternity with the Father, you'll say, I don't even remember how I feel. Oh, dear friends, here tonight, in the middle of, as you're in the middle of suffering, it doesn't seem light or momentary at all. And by no means is Paul attempting to make light of your suffering. After all, he said that we were so utterly burdened beyond belief that we thought we were going to die, guys. I, I thought my life was over. Have you ever been there before? I thought we were going to die. But it happened for a reason. It happened so that you would learn not to trust in the situation, not to trust in what you can see, not to trust in what I can feel, not to trust in what I think, but to trust in Jesus Christ, period. Boy, what God will do today in our nation, in our state, in our city, here in our community, in your family, at your workplace, if you would take hold of this passage and say, it doesn't matter what I go through, it doesn't matter what it costs me, I trust Jesus with everything Period. Not adding to it. Not comma and, comma but. Not I trust Jesus, but I hope it turns out my way. Not I sure trust Jesus, but I hope that he answers this prayer. No, but that Jesus, if it means that I drown trusting in you, let it happen. Because I trust you, and if, if what drowning is what you have for me, then that must mean that's how you were going to be most glorified in my life. This is the kind of belief in Christianity that Scripture calls us to. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. just what's around us. But look at what Paul finishes up saying. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're passing away. They're going to last for just a bit. They're decaying. They're rotting away. But the things that are unseen are seated at the right hand of the Father. When we have passed over into glory and we are with our Lord, if we were able to, for just a moment, break our gaze off of his infinite perfection and majesty and beauty and glory 
And if we were able to just for a second utilize hindsight and look back at our life, we will begin to see that this contentious election, that these rising COVID cases, that the turmoil we're facing as a church, that whatever you're going through in your life was nothing more than a puny smudge on the timeline of human history. second of that affliction has been producing for us and will continue to produce for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond comparison to anything that you and I will ever go through. This is what our focus needs to be. Looking not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That we would have eternity the world around us through that filter of eternity. That when we come and gather together and we see empty seats, that we would not lose heart. Because the things that we see are transient. And the things that are unseen are eternal. This is where our gaze must be on heavenly things. On storing up treasures in heaven. On suffering wealth telling as many people as we can about King Jesus, who makes suffering worthwhile and even profitable. Do not lose heart. This world is passing away, but the world that we are waiting for will last forever. Let's pray. you would help us to fix eternity in our eyes and filter the world around us and all that we go through, through that lens. That we would lead lives that glorify you, awaiting the world to come where awaits us in